HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. I'm Allison Kane, and welcome to In the Sauce, a podcast about building consumer brands from the ground up. I love doing this show because I get to interview everyone from production gurus to marketing and social media mavens, anyone who can guide me on this crazy journey. This is the story of building Haven's Kitchen sauces, but it's also the story of every growing brand because we're all in the sauce. Today, I'm speaking with Kendall Dickieson, the social media and influencer marketing consultant helping brands like Graza, Canopy, and Immy become best friends with their consumer. Featured in Ad Age, Wall Street Journal, Rachel Carton's Lincoln Bio, and more, Kendall has helped lead social and influencer initiatives at a variety of brands across a variety of industries. You can find her usually walking the aisles of any local grocery store looking for something new, trying out a new coffee shop, or if you want to learn more about social and all that jazz, you can find her at Flexible Foodie on Twitter. Yay! Hey. Hi, Kendall. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm just psyched you're here. I, 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 you know, I don't have Instagram. Do you know that? And I don't. I, hey, you know, I know it's part of my job, but I would love to sometimes switch places with people. Like you. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I have like these these thoughts about mm-hmm. all of it, um, and then I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like I feel you. You don't really I'm not like really allowed to have thoughts about something that I really know not of. <laughs> and I also start to sound very like an old person. Um because I kind of think negatively uh yeah. for a lot. But that 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 doesn't mean that brands don't need to be on there and that brands can't do a great job there. Mm-hmm. Um which is where you come in. Yeah. Um So I wanted to start with just the intro, um, becoming best friends with their consumer. And I just want to talk it out a little bit because I understand. So I'll, I'll give you a little background. So last week, someone was saying to me, another founder that they were a little bit jealous, let's say Mm -hmm. in a lovely way of (laughs) our community that we've built. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, when I had a brick and mortar, it was a community mm-hmm. because people were there. And I do believe you can have a digital community. The, totally. the 
the bean guy. Yeah. That guy's yeah, bean yeah. Facebook is like out of control. <laughs> but I think what we've done is more just build trust. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, like, can you really be best friends with your consumer? What does that mean to you? It's transactional by nature. Again, not saying that you don't want to have like a relatability and all that, but I guess what does that mean to you and how are you seeing that shift in in today's sort of social landscape? I feel, well, like one of the points that you mentioned, I think like becoming best friends with your consumer requires the trust to -hmm. do it. So I think like that's also like where do you draw the difference between like having like a community versus just like followers and like a passive audience mm-hmm. because like an audience is just like there they they yeah, exist yeah. but like a community will actually like I feel like becoming best friends with your consumer is truly the definition of like they'll tell you how they feel good or bad mm-hmm. whether they've been a customer for five years or whether they've been a customer for three days like right. they're not afraid to like speak their voice and be like hey I've been shopping from you for this I realized this happened like why did it happen mm-hmm. and ask in like a really like polite way but I think then it's also on the brand side of it too it's as a brand responsive yeah being responsive and like at least in well social and the CX in general right it's like the job with social is like 10% in my opinion is like the actual content itself which should always be good but Mm -hmm. then like 90% of it is actually like community management and like expectations across the board and being Mm -hmm. responsive so it's like you can't have a social presence or have a social connection if you're not being social in return. So yeah. that's kind of like how I define it. It's just like, yes, transactional to some degree, right. Of like getting the sale or like selling them into this new thing that you're offering, but it's like having an open line of communication. Right. That. No, that makes total sense. And yeah. actually I feel so much better about it. And, yeah. and it's basically, I mean, I love that differentiation, you know, it's the difference between passive and active. It's the difference between audience mm-hmm. and 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 engaged yeah. people. Yeah. And so when you build it and it feels like there's like some like mm-hmm. patina behind yeah. it, <laughs> then people pick up on that and they think it's worth responding because totally. they know that you're there's someone on the other end listening. And I love that you can't have social media without being social. Yeah. I think like, that's probably, that's like, that's the title of your memoir. Thank I Right. Exactly. Actually, it's funny. I was writing a deck, finishing a deck yesterday for an audit for someone. And like the number one thing I always put it in everyone's audit deck is you have to be social on social because I usually, I I dive in pretty deep, but it's usually community call outs of like going through their DMS and me seeing things not answered and like, why are we doing this? Right. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's very like get tattooed on my forehead and to show up on a phone call type of phrase that I always like drilling into people. So, No, that totally makes sense. Um, I guess my next sort of question is like, you know, how, how to go about. So I think what you answered was really, really helpful in the sense that like 10% of it, let's say, is the posting and the bulk of it is just being engaged and responding when people comment and DM mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. One of the things that I'm sort of thinking about is like that 10%, that content piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like we've sort of done the founder journey thing. Yeah. Like, look at us, we're building this thing and oh no, the, the machine broke and yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, 
<laughs> Not, you know. Yeah. And I, I also feel like we've kind of seen like the, we're so cool if you buy this fill in the blank. It's kind of not even our real product necessarily, but that will make you cool too. Mm-hmm. I think our thing is like, you can trust us to help you make dinner. Yeah. But do you, are you, do you think there's fatigue and like, are you seeing kind of new and interesting ways that, I mean, I, I'm there, those three buckets were the three I could kind of think of. And I think a lot of brands kind of fall into them. Yeah. Um, there's also I, the humor one. Totally. Yeah. I think like I actually wrote something about this. I think the other, like literally yesterday, um, yeah. like last minute, it just like popped into my head because I think like the one thing I keep seeing that I'm telling more brands is like um, they're getting too niche. Right. So I think like that's one thing I keep seeing. And then like, if you're not in on the joke, you yeah. feel like kind of a loser and that is not necessarily becoming best friends like that or <laughs> like or it's like um they'll have like the trend but then they have to say like name of the brand thing so it's like so, say it's like a cookie trend it's like mm-hmm. insert brand name cookies it's like like okay well if the person doesn't know your brand then like they're gonna right. be like what so it's like removing making everything branded to like fit this niche of the community of the people that already enjoy your product to like open yourself more up to like this broader aspect of like general understanding and like relatable moments. Mm-hmm. I think like the founder journey side is like totally, especially on TikTok, totally, totally fatigued, yeah. obviously still works though when done correctly. Yeah. Um, I think there's just new ways of like bringing it in versus like, it being the thing. Cause right. It's like, and I'm sure same for you. It's like, if you have a guy named Joe who, who like has a cookie, uh, D2C cookie business, like mm-hmm. Joe's cookies, like Joe leaves, what happens? People right. love Joe. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, and that is the goal. Joe's goal is to go yeah. and move to Hawaii. Yes, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. keeping that in mind of like how much to like lean into that. Cause I think some brands have gotten like, uh, burned. Yeah, mm-hmm. burned but as a result of that. And now founders feel like they have to sh- do everything and then show up on social yep. with a busy calendar. And then it's like, okay, wait, my goal is to like not have to actually be the face of the company, right. but now it is. So yeah, I would say burn there. And then like product-wise, I think like, right, like the days of like consistent static imagery of product mm-hmm. are definitely over. I mean, that's so old school, but it's just like, still understanding too, like when you're putting asks out for content, whether it's creators that you work with and you have a general brief or anything, it's like, I keep seeing companies are asking for, you know, insert X number of static photos and insert right. number of videos. And it's like, if you know that the data is showing that static posts aren't working, why invest in them? So right. I just keep seeing like investments going into the wrong places. It, okay. So, I mean, everyone wants to know what are the right places? Yeah. Um, I would say the right places are obviously very brand dependent on what you would need to be paying for, but right. I'll put it in the context of like, let's use Havens and Graza as an example. Yep. Um, right. So we would ideally need recipe creators and developers. Mm-hmm. Um, so a tool, I w- the general broad person like that to any brand would just be like, right. Having, one to insert number of however many you need content creators where instead it's like 
you are working with them to get what you need to help fulfill like the strategy on the social front versus like, Hey, we're paying you go do what you want. And then it's like, give it to us. And then like the brand is just like, Oh wait, like we already have this recipe five times. Like we don't need this. Um, and they're posting on there. Are they, I mean, is the idea that they're, they're giving you stuff to post and tag them, but they're also posting on their own stuff, but you're working with them to create the kind of recipe content that you want. Yes, exactly that. And ideally also like working with them on like a collaborative post so that like you're able to tap in both sides to like two different communities, right? Like Mm -hmm. the creator gets our community of like like like-minded individuals and people who like good food. And then for us, it's like we can get more, you know, get different creators on board, get people who haven't tried us before. So like vice versa. And then I think the other side too is like on the paid partnerships front, like paid Mm -hmm. influencer side of things where, you know, this is like strictly we are paying this person to post on their account or accounts. Mm -hmm. Um, Something I'm very bullish about lately is YouTube. Mm. Um, I mean, I just want to (laughs) say like we, we have so much amazing YouTube content. Like Mm -hmm. we made like a we have like 300 recipes on yeah, YouTube no, and like a full on like little a channel and show and, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, and then we made all these like long form videos because that's what the algorithm was. And then they're like, you know, mm-hmm. shorts. And so now we got to take all those things and like make shorts out of them. Um, mm-hmm. But you're talking about not just you're talking about other paid yeah. like YouTube influencers yeah, that, like that we're can getting, do the right. Exactly. Like paid into like YouTube integrations into right. their videos. Yeah. Um, just because like, well, it's the, honestly in the seven years I've been doing this more so three years on the brand side of things. It's like mm-hmm. truthfully, I've never really gotten to work with the budgets to be able to like work across all the platforms before right. until this year and testing on YouTube and working and talking with like other brands who I see advertise on the platform through their mm-hmm. creators and see what the attribution looks like and sales when we look at it from a brand standpoint of like ROI and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's like actually mind blowing yeah. to see how long it converts for. I have one YouTube video that went live in August and it still converts like five times a day since that's amazing. That and yeah, so I think like paid partnerships in terms of like that's as long as you know the type of person you need to pay and the type of person that you know that they can fulfill what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's like two places where I put, and then I try and keep everything pretty tight. Obviously, um, I love working on a budget, um, <laughs> and I like coming in under, so right. um, I'm very scrappy. Um, but yeah, I think like if. If not that, then you're at least giving your team invent like say the equivalent instead of like dollars would be extra inventory to be like pushing your product out for brand awareness. Right. Um, yeah. No, it's interesting um, because you know. So one of the things that I think you know about us is like mm-hmm. we've never really had any conversion because we've never really had D to C. You know, mm-hmm. we had it for like a little bit during COVID. Yep. But it's been traditionally very hard for us to invest in this stuff because we're basically sending people to 
either a store locator or yep. our YouTube channel where, I mean, we, we had like a top video cause we did a partnership with a cookware company where mm-hmm. we were the content creator, Yes, which we're also open to if anyone's <laughs> if anyone out there is looking for a, you know, a sauce brand to hawk your cookware. Um, but it is kind of a nice, like we get a lot of, we got a lot of, we get a lot of free stuff, you know, yeah. which is really cool. And we, yeah. and we can call on them for like any of our events. So we give away Dutch ovens and we give away exactly. ladles and we give away all that stuff. So it's, it's a fun thing. Cause it does go both ways, but totally. what I wanted to get to is that we are now finally launching a shelf stable product. Um, so and because of that, we're also launching on Amazon. I'm not mm-hmm. big into our own, D to C, we're just going to have the D to C landing page basically take you to the Amazon store. Um, Mm -hmm. And so now we can actually do some of that. Is there, is there like a benchmark? Like how do you know that you're doing well and how do you, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's a hard question. Yeah. Well, Um, I mean, you know, I'm going through my budget for next year. So my team is like (laughs) eagerly waiting, you know? Yeah, I think like, well, actually it brings up one thing I do want to like understand better is like pushing like the Amazon side of a business. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think that's like Graza is on Amazon, but we don't really like promote it that much. Right. Um, and yeah. So, I mean, I think like in terms of what is doing well, Hmm. Or yeah. I mean, yeah. if you, let's say, I mean, I guess you're, you're making your buckets. Yeah. Right. And, you know, with Instacart, for example, mm-hmm. you know, your ROAS, everyone thinks it's higher than it is. Yep. Then you, then you take away your agency fee, your freight, your whatever. Yeah. And you get to like, a, probably a two, which is mm-hmm. great. You know, like do that all day, every day mm-hmm. with us, we've never really been able to calculate the return on anything social. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes. Okay. So I got you here. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So, um, this is one thing I am so, so, so I like literally, if I look at an account, I'll, and I know the social person, I'll always be like, Hey, do you have this in your Instagram bio? Mm-hmm. Um, and any social media, um, UTMs, mm-hmm. um, are extremely important for social. What does UTM um, stand for? <laughs> I always forget. <laughs> okay. That makes me feel not as <laughs> like, I'm like, Oh, I wrote something like I K Y K N or something to my team. And they were like, Oh no, (laughs) Allie, please. Like, I was like, no, like, I know, you know, I know know, or whatever. Right. Like, and they were like, Oh no. That was like, there was a video of Biden being like LLJ. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I watch the SNL skit too. The um, but I think uh, for for this, so UTM. If someone wants to Google it and then write back to us after they listen to this podcast, um, but UTMs basically help track, uh, you know, like traffic and click through um, on any of the links that they're attached on. You could just use like the Google UTM builder is what I use, um, and so you can put in each long link for your social mm. account. And then create campaigns. So say if we're doing a Black Friday sale starting Friday, it's going until Sunday. And then Oh, that's cool. You, yeah, you could do that set. And then 
all you would have to do is it basically pumps out this, like, it's not the prettiest link by any means, but it Mm -hmm. pumps out this like highly trackable link based on the campaign, based on traffic, which here would be saying, excuse me, that traffic is coming from the Instagram bio or Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it tracks and feeds into your Google analytics so that when you're in Google in real time, you can see like, oh, where's the traffic coming from? Like, right. oh, look, it's coming from the Instagram bio. Because like, yeah. so we just, like, this post went live or this creator shared or like, um, so yeah, you can use those with creators. You can use those on social. Um, like you can use it on your LinkedIn, even if you want it to. Um, so yeah, that's like one way for me to help. No, that's great. Yeah. And then obviously like affiliate codes of working with creators. Um to better understand like what are they driving if we're able to get them a code and an affiliate link. Right. Um, for that, I use Shopify collabs is usually my go-to. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because I, I had um, Lisa Poe on here like a yeah. couple months ago and, you know, again, like as the person who's responsible fundamentally for the budget mm-hmm. of the company, I'm not going to just be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, pay a lot of people and get like, I know that I going viral has, is, has never been interesting to me, nor Mm -hmm. should it be, you know, that this is a long-term thing that sometimes there's like a qualifiable, not a quantifiable. And yet, you know, just like anything else, if I'm going to do demos, I kind of want to have an idea, even if I don't necessarily know how many people are coming back, there is like there is a way to manage and understand lift. And Mm -hmm. some of this just feels like it's a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. And so, you know, when you start to get, like I also was talking to a head of marketing and she was complaining about her founder and she was saying that the founder was like, if we don't get X amount of views here and if we don't get and on a, all all of that is just nonsense and like yeah. super stressful for your team. Yes. So I guess, you know, this is for the founders and for the teams. Mm-hmm. You know, what what do you set as yourself as a KPI around this? Like you know, around. you you have around. a budget and yeah. and and so is it just an, an amalgam of like we need this we need to be in this sort of range of clicks. We need to sort of know that there's like, you know, conversions in sales. I think it really depends on knowing like who is a brand awareness play versus Mm. like return play. Right. right? I think like that's the thing sometimes too. It's like, yes, I've paid people where like this should work and then it doesn't. Right. But then it's also like, if it didn't work from the first get, how can you make it work for you still? So I think it's also looking at like, how are we packaging the offers mm-hmm. to like creators that we work with too? So like, are we feeding into like their top platforms? Are we asking for usage on it as well? Um, so that we know like, like for instance, I did have a campaign go live like, Three months ago, we did an Instagram reel and three Instagram stories, basic, like kind of brand awareness play of like, this is who the brand is, this is how mm-hmm. you use it. With, oh, an, with oh. a content creator. With a content creator, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she posted on her account. Um, and then conversion wise, we gave her like a code to put in her uh, caption and everything. Right. We were all like, because she brings in numbers, like from a views and like from mm-hmm. uh, engagement perspective. 
Um, and we were like, okay, this should work. Didn't really get a lot of sales, honestly, mm-hmm. until we turned paid on. Mm. The minute we started whitelisting through it, the investment was like 10 times worth it. Interesting. Like, so, because yeah, her community didn't necessarily convert, but she was such a good brand ambassador her, in that sense, yeah. and showed yeah, like, showed it was it. hitting like a two like a two x ROAS. Right, that's um, very cool. All yeah. right, we're going to take a little break, and then I want to talk about how you identify these people. Awesome. we'll be right back. Hi, listeners. We wanted to let you know that Heritage Radio Network's Julia Child Fellowship application is now open. The fellowship offers an enriching experience for aspiring food writers and journalists who share our passion for food systems change. The fellowship is a great way to progress in the field of food journalism and digital media and will start in early January 2024. This fellowship will provide participants with hands-on experience, mentorship, and access to an extensive network of industry professionals. The application deadline is November 27, 2023. Check out heritageradionetwork.org and click on the Julia Child Foundation Writing Fellowship link to learn more. If you or someone you know has interest in food studies and journalism, this might be a great fit. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and check out the application today. Thank you. I'm back with Kendall Dickieson, and we're talking about social media. And now I want to talk about First of all, do you distinguish between an influencer and a content creator? Ooh, yes. Okay. Tell me how you you Um, differentiate. So I think everyone can be an influencer, but not everyone can knows how to create content that like either hits a specific target, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Whether, because there's such an art to it. I think if someone, whether you have five followers or like 500,000, it's all in how you like present something, right? That's why we see on TikTok, right? It's like, all these like s- normal human beings can mm-hmm. make one video of like, these are the things I influenced my friends to buy. And now all of a sudden it's like they hit a million views and they're just like, their name is Laura and they live in the middle of like Florida. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so that um, is a content creator or that is an influencer. That's a, in my mind, that is an influence. Anyone that's right. an example that anyone could be an influencer. Got but it. The got it. Got creators. It. Yeah. The content creators, in my opinion, right. Are like, the people that I'll use some names that we both know, right? It's like the Justines. It's the right. teams. They know how to tell stories, but yep. also be able, when given a product per se, be able to integrate it in yep. seamlessly yep. without making you feel like you are being presented with an yeah. app or anything like that. And so the way, I mean, we are actually, we're going to put a little bit more pressure on the pedal when we mm-hmm. do have a shelf-stable Mm-hmm. product and we have a bunch of distribution coming Q1, Q2. Nice. So, yay. Um, so identifying those folks. So excited. Um, That's going to be so fun. I mean, are you for Jesus? Yes, it is. <laughs> like, I cannot wait. Everyone who listens to this podcast has like watched me and like heard me talk about this thing and I'm like crawling to the finish line, but it's, so it's an amazing product. It tastes great. They're fun. It's, and it has shelf life and it can, we can send it to people, not refrigerated overnight. Oh my gosh, that's literally like the biggest game changer. Ever. It's literally, it can be in an end cap somewhere. <laughs> it can sit on the side of the road for fuck's sake. 
like we can we can make little ones like I could get teary eyed just talking about it. Um, and it's so funny because I remember meeting people like investors years ago and then being like, mm-hmm. dude, I don't know, fresh. And I'm like, no, it's amazing. It's so innovative. And people want fresh food and they're shopping the perimeter. And um, some people are, <laughs> let's put it that way. <laughs> some people are not. Um, okay. So going back to, let's say I was like, okay, team, we have you know, $5,000 a month to, mm-hmm. to identify these folks and make a good strategy around these content creators. Mm-hmm. Um, some do's don'ts, Ooh. um, some ways that you suggest, you know, beyond the obvious sort of all stars that are probably mm-hmm. out of our budget, some ways that you identify people who might still be in your budget, but on an upswing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you, you know, there are all these platforms yep. where you can find people and you don't have to do direct. I'm curious totally. your thoughts about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've definitely been on my fair share of platforms. Um, I, and a lot of them are, in my opinion, some of them are really good. Some of them are just like, an enormous amount of money, um, for, in my opinion, no reason. Um, all love though. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Sounds like you are full of love. Yeah. They are ridiculously expensive and they do nothing for me, but yeah, I love you. <laughs> the, um, I just think $30,000 could go somewhere else. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so unless it's like that becomes a blink of an eye type of expense for mm-hmm. the company, then it's different. But um, I've had my my taste of those. And then I've also worked on things that do cost, you know, around like the three to five K for the year type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and there's one right now I'm actually using through a client. Um, it's called Hype Auditor. Um, and it is their lowest tier is mainly just for like sourcing and building lists. And I actually really enjoy it. Mm. Um, and it's for a beverage client and beverage mm-hmm. can definitely be like kind of hard if you're trying to break into a different community and you yeah. want different types of content. So, um, I like it because one, it like syncs with Shopify. So mm. you can identify like creators who might creators who might have influence. Um, so based on their followings and stuff like that, even mm-hmm. though quick note, just because they have a lot of followers doesn't, doesn't mean, mean they convert. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and caveat. And um, so it can identify that. And then also you could do lookalike audiences. Hmm. So if you have someone you really like who might be a smaller creator and you mm-hmm. want like a hundred like-minded people, you just put in their handle and it will generate oh. based on like engagement. What's their demographic split? That's very um, cool. Yeah. So I really enjoy that. Um when it comes to sourcing, I guess one thing like on my side, acting as a consultant is, mm-hmm. and I actually am a fan of like teams that get the gist of working with them. Honestly, a lot of virtual assistants are really good at sourcing lists as long as you give really good guidance and it allows you to move quickly, mm. um, vet on internally um, and build lists quickly into other communities for content creators that you might not think about. Right. So Mm. let's say for olive oil, right. Mm -hmm. One would say, okay, like foodies for sure. But I'm like, okay, no, Hey, like, well, I work with these people and like get them situated. We're working on monthly recipes 
um, where I would put some of that $5,000 that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, then, Hey, like, can you go work on sourcing creators between this following and this following in the skincare space or in the hair care space? And we could do like Graza hair masks and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of like my approach. I've, that's cool. Yeah. I've found like VAs have been really good with that. It just allows you to move faster on a good budget. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think like when it comes to splitting a budget like that, where I would look at, look at it is, you know, with 5k, I would say maybe it's like one bigger, um, one bigger paid influencer moment, um, doing like solely paid where it's like on them, you can like hook them up with an affiliate code for attribution for the shelf stable. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can also start using the rest of that money to help aid in like any of those social strategy needs. Right. So whether it's specific types of content that we know it's like, we cannot do this internally. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just like for distribution of like doing collaborative posts with creators. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And then the, the big don't. Ooh, let's see. What have you the seen thing? without yeah. naming names? It's, I mean, I think it's obvious, like, don't, don't be like, you didn't get any sales. Mm-hmm. Like that's a don't. Um, but huge maybe don't. there's some others. Yeah. I think the huge don't is like the, well, I guess a don't from the start is like, don't, don't, don't give your social team like any dollars. Like, right. sure <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's the English in that sentence? No, so. that's, that's also the, the title of part duh of your yeah. memoir is don't, don't. Yes. Give. Don't, don't. Yeah. Um, I, guess I mean, it's 5k absurdly low for, no, you know, I like, mean, listen, I've worked with, I've worked with that I've worked upwards to 50. Like I, yeah. I, I, most people start at around, I would say like that four to six K right range as a brand. I think you can do so much. It's just how outside of the box can you get with right. making it work and how open are you as a company? And I guess this is a don't from the brand side of like, mm-hmm. just because they say X rate, don't give up. Um, right. I think, too many people are like, oh, well, this person costs X, Y, Z. It's like, yes, that's like annoying. It's not annoying, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want everyone to get their bag, but at the right. same time, it's, it, it is a, a game of where you have to switch on business and be like, if you really want this person, you'll find a way to make it work with, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't, it doesn't, but you know where they, where they sit. Um, right. and like, don't be afraid to negotiate. Yeah. Um, and like find ways that you can keep working with them, whether it's yeah. a longer term partnership or anything like that. Um, I would say one other don't hmm, is don't fall off from communication with them after mm-hmm. you work with them. <laughs> right. You know, that was Lisa's big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa's yeah. big. Th- I mean, the, the good news for us is like, we have relationships with a lot of these folks just yeah. without having actually ever worked with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've already taken care of a lot of that part, you yeah. Because they're they're actual real relationships, which is yeah. Which I think is that's always nice. like yeah. the, that's the biggest thing, right? I feel like it still goes back to into terms of like all of influencer in building the content side out is one hundred percent community building, right? And it's like the cherry on top is that something went live, 
Yep. <laughs> like, um, cause if you can't like maintain the relationships, then you're not going to have anyone to keep leaning on. Right. When you're you not do. making best friends. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. So let me just, in my brain, yep. you, you sort of, okay. Your team has their budget and we want to sort of make these relationships with content creators. Maybe one of them is sort of this bigger paid kind of like, we're just going to send you stuff and pay you and you're going to do your thing. The others are sort of like, you're working with them on the type of content and that, you know, and then there's some folks that we're just going to be like, I mean, you are the seeding queen of New York. (laughs) We've never done that. Again, because like you can't expect someone to be like, thank you for the refrigerated overnight FedEx box of (laughs) things that I, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing about that that makes sense. And anytime we've ever, I've gone through so many PR agencies for like like, one um, month. When it comes to exactly how you mentioned, but then I think also one thing in that bigger paid moment too, is like Mm -hmm. still making sure that you're keeping like hold on what that person is doing within reason, right? Like you always want to make sure your creators have like a do's and don'ts brief for the right. Give them a brief. Yeah. No, that's very helpful. Yeah. Don't, 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 you know, don't not have a brief. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at the very least they should know how to spell your name and maybe a hashtag and like that you are not trying to be a super fussy recipe, but you want Mm -hmm. it to be fun and easy and not too precious and like that kind of thing. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like that. Or even if it's simple as like, Hey, when you're writing your caption, make sure that you're putting like this hashtag, make sure that Mm -hmm. you're like tagging. Here's the handle. Right. Like it should just be like a one pager. Right. Um, and like, if there are specific times that, you know, and this could be refined, but it's like, right for Garaza, we know that between X time and X time, like however mm. many seconds, most of the videos perform within that. So we kind of like work the creators that we have now on retainer who have worked up to that in the last two years, mm-hmm. um, who create recipes for us know, like most of their videos now need to be like around like 15 to 20 seconds, right. not like one minute. No, that um, makes so much sense. Yeah. And we just have like a basic, you know, a very basic format and like easy system that makes their life easy for like approvals and turning things in. I mean, my goal is always like, I shouldn't need to ask for a reshoot and I don't want to either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Cause it's never fun. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's, that's how I define it. And I think like, as long as you're able to know, especially if you're giving, you know, a thousand bucks, um, to someone that you had the final eyes before it goes live. Cause you might find a way to optimize it in a way that they didn't think about. Right. Um, whether it's moving this clip more forward and things like that. And just thinking through like, how can you, you know, some creators may have a really good hook, but you might be like, Hey, like actually can we put the code integration earlier in the video after you talk about this. Right. So you, um, you look at everything that anyone's posting about you that you have paid for. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, For the most, yeah. Like whenever anything, anything always comes into my inbox and then we schedule it out with them based on that. Right. Yeah. So then there's this other group that I keep thinking about of just like, you send them out and you hope that they post. Mm-hmm. Maybe they like you, maybe they're whatever. They. Yeah. How would you say, I feel like what, you know, you don't need a, a phenomenal unboxing moment in most cases, or maybe you do. How are mm-hmm. you going to, how, how do brands, I guess, stick out? 
when these folks are getting so many unsolicited, it's kind of like for the buyers at the retailers, they're getting unsolicited. I have friends that have like tables and they yeah. just like put the crap on the table and anyone who comes <laughs> over, they're like, you, you want a face mask? You want I literally so, like, have, yeah, I have one of those. <laughs> I'm sure. And like, <laughs> you know, just grab, grab the, grab the sauce. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so do you have any thoughts for what they really just don't want to get anymore or yes. what might be a good thing to think about? I think one thing that kind of makes it interesting from my POV is that like I have, I did post on it way more years ago, but I have a food account myself. So it's like, I used to be that person who received mm-hmm. so many things all the time. Um, and yeah, I think like the ones that always stuck out to me are people who either sent along like an experience with the box mm-hmm. um, to like fully like a recipe card could be a recipe card, but it also like, for example, like someone who I admire so much in the seating and like box space when it comes down to it. And I think they do them quarterly is Siete. Mm. Um, and they just never fail to make you feel like the most special person right. in the world. Um, yeah. And they're making, yep. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. And it, it goes to show too, that they like take their full time to send them out once per quarter mm-hmm. to put like everything into it. Like whether it's a customized mug, a Christmas ornament, mm. like always a handwritten card. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it doesn't need to get up to that either, but I think now just it's a just, special. Yeah. It's just like, make them feel special and like make, I think even if it's like the outside of your shipper is different. Mm-hmm. Um, so like sticking out in the package room, mm-hmm. um, get someone excited because <clears throat> they're like, oh, that's mine. Like, it's so cool. Like, whatever. right. Um, and I think also like, I forgot who said it. Someone smart said it, but I don't know who. Um, we'll find them. We'll find them. Um, it is that your unboxing has a 99% open rate. <laughs> that's a really good quote. <laughs> that's part twa. Yeah. <laughs> Um, with an asterisk being like, someone smart said this, Yes, but I don't know who. <laughs> and like, I, I remember hearing that somewhere reading it. And I think that's why it's like, I try and optimize for like the unboxing experience, not in like having to put hundreds of dollars into making each box, but it's just like, what are the small things that we know people enjoy? It's like mm-hmm. human connection. So like a handwritten card. Yeah. Um, or like things that make their life easier. So like whether it is like that farmer's market tote bag. Mm-hmm. Um, Tongs. Yeah. So, yep. Just mm-hmm. like anything like that. Like, um, so yeah, definitely like you don't need to go crazy. But, but I think if you're going to do it, do it right. Do it right. And even if it's just like, hey, we can only do a card for right now, then like do the card for right now. Like, yep. Um, no, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. So I, okay. I have a couple things I want to, yeah. Ask you about because I feel like, well, let's go to the social team because I do feel, and I mean this with love. <laughs> I feel, no, really, not like the love that you showed to the other thing before, like genuine <laughs> love, because I agree. I do believe everyone should be paid. I think that people have an impression of the social media team that they're just mm-hmm. like having fun doing memes. Yeah. I, I understand that. And, I do feel like my LinkedIn 
like thread lately has been a lot of like, um, let's fight for the right to like, Mm -hmm. it feels a little bit like we don't get paid and no one respects us. And is that a thing? Like, is there, is, is there, yeah, uh, you know, cause I want to make sure, I mean, my team has so far not complained to me about the way we've been <laughs> built out, Yeah, but I mean, most companies that at least in my, you know, range of revenue, mm-hmm. you know, they, they can't have like a robust team totally doing social. So yeah. let's talk about generally if you tomorrow were, mm-hmm. you know, a, a $10 million brand mm-hmm. and you were building out your marketing team, mm-hmm. you know, what are the jobs, I guess, on that org chart that you would make sure were there and how would they all kind of work together? That's a the question. great question. You get um, to just make it from scratch. Yeah. I think like, for sure, right? Some type of marketing lead. So it could be a head of marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say with that, a marketing manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and then social lead. Um, and then if there is room in the budget from... I'm going to speak mostly from like this marketing side. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, very case dependent. I'm like having to need someone on e I think like that comes with like the growth side of everything of like, well, we need a head of e-com or e-com manager. Um, I feel like sometimes that flexes as the marketing manager too. Yeah. Um, so like super dependent, I think it's just very brand dependent. Um, and going back, sorry, I just want to like, ho- like double click yeah. as they say on the social lead. Like, mm-hmm. so in our case, we have Ashley who just is the content person. It's yep. content across social. It's content on like Instacart, it's content for if we make a pitch video, mm-hmm. it's it's YouTube, she's content. Yeah. And she can't be doing that and also in the DMs and in the community management. Yep. So exactly. we have someone supporting her doing that. Yes. Is, so, so that's that's how you would think about yeah, it. Yeah, like okay. that down yeah, like that support around the social lead should be like you know, if you need, and like Graza, for example, like we have a designer who majority now helps out a lot on like the email side with the Mm -hmm. agency as well and like ads, but then also she like only really, she, in the beginning, she was like only social. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we have a creative producer. Mm. So similar to Ashley for you, like she Mm -hmm. handles like any creative requests that we can do internally, like uh, paid ads, our YouTube channel that just also went live. So now we're both on YouTube. Um, And we can be, we can, (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm available. Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll be over it. We'll be over it. I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, I just, you know, I do, I do affiliate. Yeah. Well, I'll get you set up. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, like we have her who helps a lot with like filming the TikToks and like filming like team oriented Mm -hmm. things. Um, and then a community manager who like literally exactly as you said, like help support CX answering comments on ads, answering comments on Instagram and DMS. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's like, especially in this day and age, like 
I think most more and more brands are seeing it until like their social lead is like, Hey, I can't do all this stuff anymore. Right. The hire right after that is either like the community manager or the creative side for yep. production. Um, so I feel like if you do have the budget and like, right, these people don't need to be super full time, depending on where you are and how much stuff is coming into you, mm-hmm. um, to start out. But I think like, you know, if you do want to be able to grow, like you need to be able to give this person those resources because like their goal too is to think strategically. Right. Not be in the weeds. Yeah, yeah. You can't be thinking strategically, managing all this stuff, filming videos, and then be mm-hmm. like, okay, what's happening in two weeks? Right. <laughs> and I guess that's, that's the piece where you feel like people underestimate. Yeah. They probably just, the, I would guess the most underestimated part is how much time it takes to be mm-hmm. the community manager. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think like, um, yes, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. it yes. is. It's a lot. And I think also the same goes to though, for like, even just basic management of the account. I think like building out the calendars, I have this whole thing around content calendars and my thoughts on them, but like, I, even just building the content, writing the copy, I think mm-hmm. it's really easy to, I remember <clears throat> when I started in social, even though it was like back in the day when it was like the restaurant space and that's how I started, mm-hmm. um, in the city, like a lot of my friends were like, well, you just like press a button. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not how that I'm like, Hey, then I guess pressing a button got me, got me in a good spot right now. So <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what's funny. So I, you know, Maddie on yeah. our team, who's just like, a, just, I love her brilliant, Maddie. phenomenal human and great at everything mm-hmm. she does. But do you, I mean, we met because I, I was doing our Instagram <laughs> at Haven's Kitchen at the brick and mortar. And I didn't, I was like, how do you make a thing? Like it was, I remember when like video came out and yep. I didn't even, I, who the hell knows what I was doing. And, <laughs> but it did, it started to get overwhelming because people were in our DMs a lot. And it was like, it was a brick and mortar. So it was like, I came in today and I feel like they gave me less broccoli than usual. And, you know, I was like, at some point I just was like, this is no longer fun. I am out of ideas. And I also am starting to not particularly like my community all that much, which is probably not good. Yeah. Um, And so Maddie had like just graduated from college. Wow. And she kind of like, she came in and you know, I was like, can I, can I just give you the phone for like four <laughs> hours a week? And she's like, sure. <laughs> and that's how we started. Wow. Um, and then I she obviously that. was like, maybe I should just, you know, take it over. Um, which she did. And then mm-hmm. she realized that email was her true passion and yeah. retention was her goal in life. Um, okay. So we have a couple more minutes. I, I, I love tools that you use, um, as some would say a tech stack. Um, (laughs) I just, just any tools that you particularly like. Okay. Um, for scheduling and social reporting and all that jazz, I've always been a sprout social person. Mm -hmm. Um, that's my bias, but obviously like they have later is also a good one that I know a lot of brands like as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for social listening, 
Um, I know Sprout offers it, but personally, I like to use this company. I actually just learned about it a few months ago. It's called Brand24. And what, um, how do you define social listening? Yeah, it's uh, identifying people who are talking about you that you oh. may have not realized otherwise. So like cool. uh, on the Brand24 dashboard, like you can sync, right? Like we could sync a few keywords. So it's like if someone mentions Haven's Kitchen, if someone mentions Chimichurri, mm-hmm. like we can get like you could go broader niche um, mm-hmm. just to like be like, hey, like this creator has a video that's going quote unquote viral mm-hmm. about Chimichurri. Like Let's they also like chimichurri, like we should go talk mm-hmm. to them yep. or whatever. So cool. you can do that. Yeah. And like it helps identify too. They can identify creators who are talking about you if you're being talked about on Reddit or mm-hmm. blog posts or news articles. Um, so I like that. And it's like very cost efficient Neat. versus like adding on to a different like platform for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for let's see, for uh, influencer affiliate management. So like, say this is just your spot for setting them up with a discount code and tracking their tracking their sales and like handling payout mm-hmm. and things like that. Super low lift for everyone who wants to like start building that or like an ambassador program would be Shopify Collabs. It's completely free. You just hmm. download it in Shopify. And do you need to be selling D2C? For that, do you know what I mean? Like, do you need yeah. to have a, a D2C shop? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're able to, at least, as long as you set them up with the code, they'll get generated like a link and everything like that. Okay. Um, but ideally, right, you want to be able to send them somewhere where they can make an action into a on a website. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and then for, let's see, what else do we have? Oh, uh, Archive. Mm. is also a Shopify tool and app. Um, Prices range on that one, but the way they describe it is, right, like capture content as you sleep is kind of like how they package it. Basically anything that you're tagged in or mentioned in, it'll download for you on the back end. Oh. Um, So, right, there's like nothing worse than like asking a big creator who like posted on like a Saturday at like two o'clock in the morning when you don't see it. And it's like having to ask for them that, ask them back for that. Um, Are you allowed to repost something someone has posted about you without asking their permission? Are you talking about like in feed? I I think so. Yeah. Um, I always, I always ask. Okay. Um, I always just like asking just to make sure that they're cool with it because some people do have fees for that. Right. Um, And I feel like in this day and age too, it's like, you don't want to go down as the brand who's like, they're just taking content. Right. I feel like Um, that's happened and people have not been happy. Yeah. Not the best look. Um, And then I would say there's definitely like more tools, but my final one or my Final two would be one for like content calendars and like planning and things like that. I am a project management user for that. So like most teams that I'm on or that I join, we all end up on Asana. I know mm-hmm. some people hate it. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin from Emmy, actually, uh-huh. because that's how I started using it. And he'll know the story that in the beginning, I absolutely hated it. Right. And then I st- slowly started becoming a believer um, so I use it for just calendar management cause it can sync with other people's projects. Right. Um, and then my final tool would be, uh, air, um, which is a content storage and management platform. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. It is like, I we love use, it. So um, Canto. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and like, I, like, I think there's a discussion about 
we might be reaching some limit there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I love, I love air because um, I've been on it. It's also Kevin also introduced me to it like two mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and I really like it because, well, one, it's like Dropbox and Google Drive had a baby. And it's just way mm-hmm. easier. Um, and then two, the main reason is because if you're a brand who has to collect a lot of like external content from mm-hmm. creators on a monthly basis, a lot of them but, are on it. Yeah. Like right. you can just send through your, they have a content collection form and I could just like send you a link and be like, Allie, can you drop your chimichurri recipe in here? And oh, it's, wow. like, it's like, here's the real, here's the stories, here's the write up. And then it yeah. just funnels into a folder and nothing's getting lost in like a we transfer link or like a Dropbox random folder in your inbox. Very Somewhere. cool. No, yeah. that's very cool. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Yes. What do you, what do you see for, we're not doing the quick fire this week, folks. I'm, I mean, I've been doing it now for two weeks straight. I haven't gotten much feedback. (laughs) (laughs) So this is me social listening. I'm gathering. Maybe we don't need a quick fire. I just think it's kind of fun. Like, you know, you know, stream of consciousness, but I'm going to be more, more, like surgical in my question, like what do you think the big things that maybe don't do so much because they're getting tired on social are, and where do you think there might be some surprises and some things fun? I mean, I know YouTube you're pretty long on, but Mm -hmm. you know, general vibes. Oh man. Um, I think the biggest thing that this is probably probably knocks out a few of these at once. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just thinking through like the different types of audiences as a whole, as a brand that you can produce through your content and hit on. Mm-hmm. I think like too many brands stay like they know the niche that they're in, right? Food and Bev X, Y, Z. But mm-hmm. if you know that you break can, out, yeah. If you have the means to go outside of that and you know how you can position it correctly to like gain access and unlock a new group of people who can become potential followers and like use your product for a different use case or in these different ways you never imagined. Right. Um, I mean, knowing to chimichurri face mask hey, sounds, sounds amazing. Great. Yeah. It's got antioxidants and you should test it. We could, test yeah. It. I mean, we had an idea for just like squeezing sauce all over ourselves yeah. at some point. And then we were like, that might not be our brand, <laughs> our brand um, I, I personality. Mean, I think, uh, I think the same thing goes for like seating though, is also what I would say mm-hmm. to people. I think that's why Graza was so, you know, like it's one thing that I am very proud of. Yeah. It was amazing. Like the, the main question I usually get is like, how did we get in so many hands so fast? Right. And it wasn't always a mission of doing that. I knew that was my ask from Andrew and Alan was we want to be everywhere and Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, as a social and influencer person that can be a very like ambiguous, like response. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want it to be like, okay, I know all these people probably have been sent X, Y, Z olive oil brand, um, or brands. And therefore it's like, where can I go where we probably haven't been like olive oil hasn't been used or people don't expect it to be like the main cooking. Right. Um, so yeah, I would say like insert yourselves in those, in those spots. Um, and if you have like a product like an olive oil or a sauce or anything like that, I kind of consider them like, I call them like vehicular products. Like it's like, how many things can you make out of one? Right. right? 
Um, so use that to your advantage and think through, even if they're crazy or quote unquote unhinged, as we all love to say in the social world, um, <laughs> like don't be afraid. Like if you don't test it, you're never going to know. Yeah. It's no, that makes down. total sense. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Love it. And that's such a good way to end it. If you hey, don't test it, you're never going to go. know. That's exactly. part five. I'm going to have a whole book. You're going to have several books. You need to and do, I'm going to dedicate one to you. I, I would just like to be your editor. Hey, I'm a really good 100%, editor. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. That's done, like done. my, someone asked me my dream job and I'm like, I think that's it. Cause an editor. Yeah. I'm, I'm really good at it. Oh yeah. I'm passing everything to you then. Well, you know why <laughs> I'm just going to talk about myself for a minute because it's not, it's like, because you learn very early on when you're writing, like you got to kill your darlings as they say. Mm -hmm. And like, we all think we write magnificently and like, this is a very important sentence, but, but a good editor is like, all right, you can say all of this in like a line Mm -hmm. as opposed to six and it will be so much more effective. So like, let's distill the essence of what you're trying to say into like what you're actually trying to say. And that is a very fun job, both written and otherwise. It's totally. just, I enjoy it. That makes so much sense. Well, I'll be humming to yeah. you for help when I yeah. need it. I mean, we all need it. So yes, I'm available so for both that and an affiliate. affiliate. Yeah. <laughs> and also titling your memoirs, all five of them. Um, Kendall, thank you so much for coming on the show. This thank was so helpful everyone's planning out what next year is going to look like right now. So I think this will be super helpful. And I'm sure there's a couple of things that people just are like, ah, I'm going to go track that thing down. There we go. Um, So thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And Liam, as always, thank you so much um, for engineering and helping us out and to Heritage Radio Network for hosting the show. By the way, I never say this, but Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit, like food news organization that no one is making any money on anything, um, except for the people that should, <laughs> like, get paid. <laughs> so that's, thank you. Uh, you can tell I wasn't reading that from anything. I just kind of felt the need to say it because, you know, people are like, how are you monetizing your podcast? I'm like, I am not, this is just a, but now you have an affiliate link. Well, right. And, but by the way, in the show notes, you can link to this and I can buy something on Amazon. Um, no, but seriously, because I am not monetizing it and nor do I want to be. And I just think it's a great gift that we all give to our community and we need that right now. So happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate it to all. And I will be back next week with another episode of In the Sauce. In the Sauce is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.